there was a man who was stumbling through the woods. He was completely and totally drunk. And when he came upon a preacher, the preacher was baptizing people in the river. He proceeded to walk into the water and he bumped right into the preacher as he was baptizing people. So the preacher turned around and he was almost overcome by the smell of alcohol on the man's breath. So he uh, turned to the drunk and he said, are you ready to find Jesus? And uh, the drunk said, well, yes, I am. So the preacher grabbed the drunk and he dunked him in the water, pulled him back up. and said, brother, have you found Jesus? He says, no, 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 I didn't see him. Dunked him in the water again. Held him on there a little bit longer. Pulled him back up. Said, brother, did you find Jesus? And now I haven't found him. He hasn't run into this before, preacher. So he, he dunked him in the water again. Held him down there for about 30 seconds. The man's legs and arms are going wild. He pulls him back up. He says, have you found Jesus? He says, no, but are you sure this is where he went in? We're going to be talking about rivers today. Last time we talked about wells. This time we're going to be talking about rivers. But if you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about getting into the press. Remember the people that were behind Jesus? They were following him on the way over to Jairus' house. And the word of God says that he was in the press. The press of people. People pressing up against him. And we looked at that press and we saw that in that press there was one woman who was able to access Jesus, access the power of God. And we took from that that we need to get ourselves into the press. And that press represented, first off, you need to pray. And not just pray and ask God for things. You need to pray and have a relationship with Jesus in which you are talking to God and he's talking to you. Pray. You need to read the word of God. You need to read the word. You need to just sit down on a regular basis and just read the word of God. You need to do it. Well, I don't you read other stuff. Sit down and read the word of God. I don't care if it's on your phone. I don't care if it's on your iPad. I don't care if it's in a written Bible. Just get there and read the Bible. We got a reading program here and taking you through the New Testament in a year. Real easy to do. Uh, forms are on the back. We've got new ones coming out here. But read, however it is you do read, read the Bible. If you want to get into the press with God, you've got to read. Pray, read. Third thing we said, have ears to hear. You need to have ears to hear. Ears to hear are developed. They don't just get, you don't just get born with them. The Word of God says, for him who has ears to hear, which means there are people who don't and there are people who do. For him who has ears to hear, have ears to hear. You need to hear the voice of God. You need to be able to pick out the voice of God from all other voices that are around. Just like your kids can pick out your voice as a parent in a busy mall. You need to study or meditate the Word. Study or meditate. You need to get in there and study it. Not just read it, but after you read it, study it. You ought to have some of it just in your in your head. Just go over it, mull over it, mull over it. Go over the scripture. Go over the scripture. You uh, you you go over things all the time about things are going wrong in the world, things are going wrong in the job. Call it worry. Uh, Doug Jones used to teach us about meditation. He says, put it to you like this: worry the word. Great idea. Get in there and just just meditate on it. Last thing: say it. Your speech. Speak it with your mouth. You need to, what you're learning, what you're seeing in the Word of God, you need to say it. The woman, when she heard about Jesus, said with her mouth, what? I know if I just touch the hem of his garment, I know I shall be healed. She kept saying it to herself. She kept saying it over and over. People were hearing her. People are probably telling her, trying to talk her out of it. But when she heard about Jesus, she heard about everybody else, she heard about Jesus. She said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I know I shall be healed. The problem that a lot of Christians has, 
have is we're not saying anything. We're not calling for anything. Well, that's just, I just feel funny doing that. Well, Jesus did it. How are things created in the Word? Who in the Godhead created everything that is created? Word of God tells us. We don't have to guess. Jesus. All things that are created are created by Him. By Him, by Jesus. How did He do it? By the power of His Word. He spoke it into existence. If you were going to speak something into existence, then before it is here, you must say it with your mouth. That is the pattern you need to follow. If you want your life to change, if you want your life to go in a direction, you need to say it with your mouth. We do it negatively all the time. I just know I'm going to get sick. I just know I'm going to get the flu. I just know I'm going to get fired. If we say it all the time in the negative, we're calling for things we don't want. Why not call for some things you do want? Get into the press. That's what we went over a few weeks ago. Pray, read, ears to hear, study or meditate, and say or speak it with your mouth. We need to develop our hearing. We need to recognize the voice of God. We need to retain the things that He says. And thirdly, we need to refine our hearing. We talked about, I talked to you about classical music. I don't have a real good ear for it. I can't hear all the parts, but I love classical music. Everything else to me is noise. I just like, give me some violins, give me some cellos, give me the orchid. Oh, I just, mm. Sit there and listen to that all, all day long. It's just, uh, it's, it's good stuff. Now, you know, go to my son-in-law, Nikolai. He's got an ear to hear a whole lot more about that stuff. My dad had an ear to hear a whole lot more of that stuff. I just enjoy it. I'm simple in my, in my, uh, <laughs> in my listening to music. I just, I like that one. And, uh, I don't like that one. I, I like that one. I just, you know, you hear one, you like this one, you don't like that. I'm just simple that way. Other people have better, better ears. But we can refine our hearing. And I can begin to pick out, the more I refine my hearing to what God is saying, the more I can hear, the more I will grow. Proverbs 20 and verse 5 said, Counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. We looked at that last week. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, talking about a well, but a man of understanding will draw it out. You have counsel, the counsel of God on the inside of you, but it's like deep water. You've got to draw it out. A deep well is not one that you can just uh, go up to casually. You've got to come with a bucket, a long rope. You've got to lower it down. You've got to get fill it up, and then you've got to bring it up. Then you've got to lower it down again and bring it back up and lower it down again. It takes some work. It takes some effort. Counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. We've got to draw out some of the things that have been put on the inside of us. What has been given to us must be drawn out by us. You've got to draw it out. Isaiah two, uh, 12 and verse 3. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. How will you do it? <laughs> with joy. We also looked at Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We looked at a number of other scriptures on this too. But we saw that two of the gauges that tell us how our faith is doing is one, joy, and two, peace. How's your joy? How's your peace? If you are in faith about a thing, you are in joy about it. You are, in, you are at peace about it. If you are not, you are probably depressed and fearful. You cannot be in faith on a thing and be depressed about it. You cannot be in faith on a thing and be in fear. You cannot do it. Those are gauges. If your peace is good, if your peace, just like on your, on your car, if it says your fuel is good, then you're all right. Full, 
tank of gas is good. How many of y'all know in the wintertime, it's especially good to have a full tank of gas? There's a lot of reasons, you know, just for the tank itself. You help out with getting water out of your tank if you keep it full. If you don't normally keep your, full, your tank full in the wintertime, keep it fuller. It just helps your gas tank out to be fuller. This is a little side note on that. But you know what else it, what else it also does? It gives you more weight, which helps you in, this, in the snow as you're getting around. Put in your uh, outline last week that unbelief has the same kind of association with fear and depression that faith has with peace and joy. Often revelation, wisdom comes to us to tell us what we have received, what we can receive, what we will receive, what is absent in our faith, and what is present and in our way. This is what Revelation will do. It will tell us what we have received, because what you have received is something that you don't have to pray for. It's already yours. What you can receive, if you do this, God will do this. What you will receive, God says this is in your future. What is absent in your faith, what your faith is lacking, and what is present or what is in your way. We receive according to our ability to draw out. We receive according to our ability to draw out. We looked at a couple of examples of that. The woman with the issue of blood, she received according to her ability to draw out. Everyone else was around, but they didn't receive because they didn't have that ability to draw out. They were not in, in, in line to do that. The uh, man who was lower down in the room to get healed, who was paralyzed, he drew out a healing, even though the Word of God tells us that the um, Spirit of God was present to heal all. Only one was healed. Only one. We ended up last week just looking at this. Don't draw from the source just because it's easy. Go after the source that has what you need. It's a whole lot easier to go after the thing that's easy. But go after what you need. What is it that you need? It may take a little work. You may have to press in. But that's all right. Get in the press. Pull that out. Get out the thing that you need. Today, though, we're going to look at wells and rivers. In Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 11, it says, The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. You're going to speak out of what's in the well. Out of the abundance of the heart, the man's, uh, a man speaks. Your, your heart is, is the well. God has put that in there. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 4. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. How many know there's a difference between a well and a flowing brook? In Isaiah 12, 3, Therefore with joy you will draw waters from the wells of salvation. We looked at that last time. I'm going to take you to another scripture here, though. In John chapter 7, in verse 38, this is Jesus' teaching. John chapter 7, verse 38, 38. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So I have this question for you. Are you a well or are you a river? Is there a difference between a well and a river? The Bible seems to be calling us both. But I would say that you're either a well or a river, right? A well is not a river and a river is not a well. 
In a well, you got to draw down, you got to go down deep to get it. In a river, where is it? It's right there at the surface. It's right there where you can walk up to it. There's a difference between a well and a river. Go over to John chapter 4, verse 6. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour, and a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Remember John 7? Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have... I missed that. Yeah, I know what it said. I lost my whole place there in the scripture. I just I slid it up. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? I see she's trying to understand something spiritual. How? In the natural. And this is how most people approach God. We try to understand what he is telling us spiritually in the natural. And we come up with the wrong meaning. We don't get the right, we don't get the right thing. It doesn't help us. Similar, we looked at the disciples. Jesus said to them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they said, it is because we forgot to take bread. It's kind of laughable, isn't it? Yeah, we, God is speaking things to us and you, we can laugh at the disciples and we can laugh at this woman. But I tell you what, you're going to get in heaven and find out, oh man, I did it like 50 times. He spoke something to me and I understood something completely different. Now, it's really easy for you to do this in other people's lives. Other people come to you and say, God said this to me and I understand it to mean this. And you're thinking, dear Lord, dear Lord, Brother Hagin used to tell us, it's amazing. He doesn't tell some people to come in out of the rain. Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water. What's this water? The water from the well of Jacob will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become, will become, will become, which means it is not now, but it will become the water that I shall give him. Both are future tense. The water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting or Zoe life. Now, we've looked at this before, but we're going to look at this just from the, the standpoint of the, of the water. Jesus said that we, that we would have rivers of living water, that out of us would flow rivers, rivers of living water. How many want those rivers of living water? But we are either a well or a river, right? What is it that we are supposed to be? Well, I put it, I put this in your outline so you get this. Wells serve some people 
one at a time. Isn't that the nature of a well? The nature of a well is a well will serve some people, but it will serve them one at a time. One person lowers the bucket down and that person draws the water back up. Another person lowers the bucket down and they draw that back up. A well can serve some people, but one at a time. Rivers serve many people, many at a time. Is there a limit on how many can go to the river? No, the river's big. You can keep on going. Many people want go to the river. You know that song, come to the river. <laughs> yeah, you can go to the river. As many people as want. Somebody else can be down there at the river. We don't have to wait our turn. The water's flowing. There's a difference between wells and rivers. Some people come to a well and they're served one at a time. Many people can come to a river and are served many at a time. Now, when we are saved, born again, brought into the family, when we are saved, we have a well. That's what the Word of God tells us. When we are saved, we have a well on the inside of us. That's the counsel of God. That's the wisdom of God. In that well, we can draw from that well and receive the things that we need. Right? But when we are filled, we have a river. Jesus said to her, the water that I shall give, it's future tense, is Jesus going to give the Spirit of God to people? He sure is. It just hasn't happened yet. He said, the water I shall give you, it will become. It will become. There's a difference between being saved and being filled. Saved people have a well that they can draw off from. Filled people have a river. Now, here's the difference. Saved people can minister to the needs they have. And a few others here and there. When you get filled with the Spirit of God, you can minister to many. Because it flows from you. There's, it, it flows from you. When you draw from a well, you throw the, throw the bucket down. It's a three-gallon bucket. It's a five-gallon bucket. Whatever it is, you, you bring it on back up. You've got three gallons, five gallons, whatever the gallon is there. When you've got a river, you can't even count the gallons that are coming down that river. It's just flowing. That's what we need to get into. In Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, now Jesus had a well he was saved, but he also became a river and he ministered to many. Before Jesus was filled with the Spirit, how many people did Jesus minister to? Maybe a few here and there. We don't really have a whole lot. But when he got filled with the Spirit, how many people did he minister to? Lots and lots. <laughs> there were lots of people that he ministered to. Now, as it is on us to draw from our own well, I put this in your outline, many want others to, but it is on you to draw from your own well. If you have a need and you need to hear something from God, where do you go? To the well. To the well. That's where we're supposed to go. You need to learn how to go to your well and draw it out. Too often people want to show up, here's my well, will you draw it out for me? No. You need to learn how to draw out of your own well. <laughs> you need to learn how to go to your spirit and pull that thing out. A man of understanding draws it out, the Word of God says in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 5. A man of understanding draws it out. You need to become a, a person of understanding and draw out of your own well. As it is on us to draw out of our own well, 
we also must draw from a river. There is a drawing that comes from a river. You either go down and get something with your hands. You can throw a bucket in there. You can throw uh, whatever it is. You can throw something into the, into the river and pull it out. But it's a whole lot easier to get it from a river than it is from a, from a well. Matthew 10, verse 40. He who receives you receives me. What do you say? He who receives you, when you go out, if people receive you, they receive Jesus. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. So he's telling people that if you receive me, Jesus, you receive the one who sent me. Then he goes on here and he says, he who, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive what? A prophet's reward. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. How many of you have wondered what that really means? You've heard it, heard it said. I'll tell you some of the meanings I've heard people come up with. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. What does this mean? That if a prophet comes before you and you see him as a prophet and you receive him as a prophet, that you will receive the reward of a prophet when you get to heaven? Let's just, let's just think about that for just a minute. Here's the prophet of God. He's undergoing the seeking after God to hear from God. When he gets the word from God, he goes out and he says the word of God. And he gets the abuse from some people and the receiving from other people. Because that's usually what happens with prophets. And so some people abuse him. Some people refuse him. And some people receive it. And he's the one who takes all, all that. And then he keeps on going. He goes back and he gets another word from God and he comes and he brings it again. And he goes back and he gets another word from God and he comes and he brings it again. And some people come out of here with the idea that you, if you receive a prophet, you'll get the same reward he does. Does that sound like, does that sound right to you? Does that sound, there, there better be a whole lot of people getting prophet's reward when we get to heaven. That can't be right. Is there anything in scripture that, re, that would back that up? If we only have one scripture that teaches us that, we probably have a wrong idea of what scripture is meaning. And there ought to be a better, a better idea. And what's going on. But he says, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. That's what it said, isn't it? It says, you'll receive a prophet's reward. What's a prophet's reward? We ought to figure out what a prophet's reward is. If you receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. He's talking about rewards for things that you do. That there are some things that you can do and you receive a reward from. Well, let's take a look at some of these things. I'll put this in your outline. What is Jesus teaching here? The, the reward one receives is not what is due to a prophet. Because what is due to a prophet is going to do what? It's going to go to a prophet. If you want to receive the reward of the ministry of a prophet, what do you have to be? You have to be a prophet. How do you become a prophet? Well, for some people, you just get your hands laid on you buy a prophet. That's all you got to do. For other people, all you got to do is serve under a prophet. That's wrong too. What do you got to do? You got to be called. When Elisha went up to Elijah and they, they were having a conversation and Elijah says to him, what would you have me do to you? 
And he says that I would receive a double portion of the anointing that's on you. He says, well, I can't grant that to you. That's for God. But I'll tell you what. If you see me go up, then you'll get it. That's the sign. If you see me go up. And that's why Elijah, Elisha didn't leave him alone. He, didn't, he kept saying, go away from me. <laughs> I have to go. No, I'm, not, I'm staying right here. I'm staying right here. He didn't go anywhere. And he saw him go up. And when he saw him go up, he grabbed hold of the mantle because the mantle came down. And he went after it. But who did that? God did. Now, why was Elisha in that position to begin with? Because Elijah went out to the cave, started complaining to God about he's the only one. God's lucky to have him on the team. He's the all-star, and I'm kind of wanting a new contract. Kind of tired of the old contract, I want a new contract. And because um, you're, you're lucky to have me on the team, I'm the best guy you have. And God says, well... <laughs> You're doing a good job. That's fine. That's all sure. But you know what? I can get anybody else out there and I can train them up to do your stuff too. So <laughs> tell you what, let's just do that. Go on out there and I want you to anoint Elisha. Yeah, we're going to get him. He's going to take your place, okay? <laughs> go get him, anoint him. He's going to take your place. We're going to show you how easy it is to replace you, Elijah. You don't like, you don't like the conditions here? You don't like what's going on? That's fine. We'll go get you somebody else. And so he, uh, he went out there. He actually told him to anoint three people. He told him to anoint a king of Syria. He didn't do that. He told him anoint him a king of Israel. He didn't do that. He just he just anointed his replacement. His replacement went on and anointed the other ones. <laughs> he, he's all he's all tired. But God told him to do three things. He did one, the one that would get him out. Now he fixed himself up. He did get better after that. But uh, he still didn't go out there. He didn't do what God told him to do. He didn't. Sometimes we think we are all that, and God says, "Man, you didn't even do the three things I told you." Couldn't even do that. So is, uh, is, a, is Elisha going to get a prophet's reward? Yeah, he, was, he stepped into the office of a prophet. He's going to receive a prophet's reward. So what does it say? If, what are you going to receive? Because how many of y'all know, if you don't know what you're going to receive, you won't know if it came. <laughs> if you don't know what's coming, how are you going to know? You've got to know what's coming. You've got to know what the reward is. You know, if your if your boss is your company is going to give you a bonus, how many of y'all know you better know what it is? Because it may come by your way and you may not even know it. Yeah, we gave it to you. The last paycheck was a quarter. That's not a good bonus. No, we want to know what it is. I want to know what that bonus is. I want to be able to keep my eye out for that bonus. And if it's coming to you in the mail, what are you going to do when the mail comes? I wonder if I got my bonus. You're looking for it. You know it's coming. You know how it's coming. You're looking for it to come. Yeah, you got to have that expectancy. You, you, you got to expect what it is that God's going to bless you with. So if you don't know, if you just say, well, I'll just receive all the prophets I can and I'll just get whatever God has coming to me. You won't know what it is. How would you know if you even got it? Now, I'm, don't show hands. Don't just use your inside hand. You know, raise it up on the inside here. But how many feel like that you have received a prophet in the past? How many of you feel like that you have received a righteous man in the past? If you say, yeah, I have, and it's okay to say so. Jesus is saying, if you do this, so obviously it's possible to do it. doesn't put you on some high shelf to do it. He's just saying, if you do it, this you'll get this. But we got to find out what is the reward. What is the reward? If, if I'm going to the river, I want to drink. Right? So let's go on and say, we need to find out what this is. The reward one receives is not what is due a prophet. 
But they receive, are you ready for this? They receive what comes from a prophet's ministry. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive. I'm going to reword this for you so you understand it. Will receive what can come to him from a prophet's ministry. You'll receive a prophet's reward. He's not saying you'll receive a God reward. He's saying you'll receive a prophet's reward. It's the reward that the prophet can give you. It's a reward that the prophet flows in. It's a reward that comes from the river that flows from the prophet. Does that make sense to you? Now, we don't take anything off of one verse of Scripture, do we? Somewhere there ought to be a demonstration of it. In John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. How many things? All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. So what's that tell you? Jesus is the creator of all things. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it. Darkness cannot comprehend light. Don't wonder why the world can't receive you. They're not going to. They can't comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. All right. Jesus is a prophet. If his own do not receive him, what do they not get? So if we can go back to his own and look at what they did not get because they did not receive him, would we then not know what it is that a prophet's reward is? I would think that we would. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Go over to Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Now it came to pass, Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. Prepare what? Get ready, Jesus is coming. Prepare to receive Jesus, the Messiah. Prepare to receive the prophet. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. So they didn't get nothing, did they? All right, here's the main one we want to come to. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. So he came to Nazareth. Where did, where did he grow up? Nazareth. Is this not his own people? When he came to his own, his own what? Didn't receive him. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, he stops halfway through. They don't give her stop halfway through when they read this. They keep on reading the, the other, the rest of it. But Jesus stopped halfway because this describes the first ministry of Messiah. The rest of it describes the second half of the ministry of Messiah, what he will do when he comes again. So he stopped here because this is the first ministry. And then he says something to them. He says something to them about what he's going to do for them next. Verse 20. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him because this is not how we normally do this. He even changed up some of the words. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, You will surely say this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in, the, were in Israel in the days of Elijah. When the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout the land, but to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was, cl was cleansed except Naaman and the Syrian. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with... How many of all can tell that's not good? And rose up. And thrust him out of the city. And they led him to, to the brow of the hill on which their city was built. That they might throw him down over the cliff. Would that describe someone who has received Jesus? <laughs> then passing through the midst of them. He went his way. That's amazing to me. You got this group. They're all fired up. They all know what you look like. And you pass through their midst. Then he went down to Capernaum. A city of Galilee. And was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching. For his word was with authority. Now in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have you to do? What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. When the demon had thrown him in the midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is, for with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out and the report about him went out into every place in the surrounding region so jesus comes to his own country and they're ready to throw him over a cliff how many demons got cast out of people none how many people got healed how many lame people walked none we have no stories of that nothing happened did they receive the reward they were supposed to get jesus came to them to do something for them and they didn't receive him when the prophet when the man was lowered down into the ceiling and the Spirit of God was present to heal all. Then Jesus, the prophet, the rabbi, the teacher was there. How many received the reward of the ministry? Only one. Only one. The one who was lowered down. Why? Because he's ready to receive. He received Jesus. The other ones, when he said, your sins are forgiven, what'd they do? Who is this man? What'd they do? <laughs> they stopped receiving Jesus. What did they not get? 
the reward. They didn't get healed. They didn't get set free. They didn't receive teaching. They didn't get light. Mark chapter 6. Then he went out from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. Came to where? His own country. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this in which we, which is given to him? And such mighty works are performed by his hands. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the mother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simeon? Or Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him, but Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. We heard that before. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. If they might receive the teaching ministry, if they received him as a teacher, then they could receive the ministry of teaching. They were not receiving him as a prophet. They were not receiving him as a healer. They were not receiving him as a miracle worker. Therefore, they did not get the prophet's reward. They did not get the reward of miracles. They did not get the reward of healing because they didn't receive him as that. How you receive gifts in the body of Christ will determine how you receive what they have to give. It's on you. It's not on them. It's on, you gotta, you gotta receive. You gotta prepare yourself to receive, but I don't like them. Don't matter. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet. In other words, you acknowledge that this person is a prophet. God has sent this person as a prophet. I'm gonna receive the ministry that they have as a prophet. You've received that. You receive a prophet's reward. You get what the prophet came in with. If you, if you see a righteous man, and you receive him as a righteous man, you'll get what a righteous man can bring to you. Word of God says some things about righteous men. The effective, effective fervent prayer of a avails what? Much. So if you receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, what should you get that righteous person to do? Pray. Hey, you're a righteous person. If you sit there and say, yeah, but you're not a righteous person. I know that you do this and I've heard you do this. And well, you got this going on. Then you don't receive the righteous man, righteous person, and you don't receive the reward that can come from that. We've got to start receiving some of the things that we need. Instead, what happens is criticism, criticalness comes up, and we start picking apart the people that God has put in the body of Christ to help us. Well, I don't like that teacher. They go on about this, and they talk about that, and they do this, and I don't like that. You're not going to receive the reward. There's a reward in there for you. What you do has no bearing on the reward that prophet, that teacher, that righteous person receives. Has no bearing on it at all. Whether you respond or not does not change their reward. Their reward is based on did you do what God said to do. That's it. That's it. Isaiah and Jeremiah, Ezekiel, they'll all get the same reward of a prophet. Regardless of how many people got born again in their ministry. Regardless about how many people changed. Because they said what God said to say. They sought what God wanted to say. And they said it. And they get the reward for that. Blessed are you, my son, my daughter. God would say to them, because you proclaimed the words that I gave you. 
And that's what they, they needed to do. We need to receive these things. There's wisdom in receiving. We talked about that early on in the series. That there are people in your life that will speak to you, that will help. But you've got to receive. If you put on that hat that says, I can't receive from anybody. No one's, as good, no one's good enough. No one can do this. You're not going to receive anything. There are people in the body of Christ that have some personality deficiencies but are still a gift of God. Draw off of the gift. Don't worry about the personality differences, the discrepancies. Don't worry about that. Just take what God has. God, you put this person here. I'm going to receive what they have to, to give. Jesus goes on. In verse 10, also he said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you when you depart from there, Shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. So they went out and preached that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. What's that tell you about the people? They received them. So Jesus is saying, they're not receiving me. Come on, guys. I'm going to commission you. You guys go out. I want them to receive. Jesus wants them to receive. They're not receiving from me. But you guys, maybe they'll receive from you. So you guys go on out. You teach them. You cast out demons. You heal the sick. And they went out and they came on back. Wow. It was, it was, it was neat to see. We're casting out demons here. We're laying hands on sick people and they're getting better. Why? Because they received. The Spirit of God was still present, same as he was before. But now they're ready to receive it. They're ready to receive. Are we ready to receive the things that God would have for us? See, sometimes we're praying, we're asking God for some things. And the answer is sent, but we don't like the vessel in which it was sent. Now, if you're real, real thirsty and someone gives you a glass of water, but you don't like the glass that it's in, do you refuse it? If somebody, if you're real, real thirsty, just be parched. And you walk into, uh, you, you find somebody and they have, they have an extra bottle of water and they give you a Deer Park bottle of water. Oh, I don't eat anything but, I don't drink anything but Evian. Do you have any Evian on you? I, if it's not, that, if, uh, no, don't do that. <laughs> no. If you're thirsty, water's water. And you'll drink it. If you don't receive it from them, what happens to the water? It's still in the bottle. You can just stay right there. Now we've got a nice cold day here. How many of you have mugs at home? Just, you know, mugs in the, you got mugs in there. How many of you in that cupboard where all the mugs are kept, how many of you have a favorite mug? Raise your hand on this one. You have a favorite, I have a favorite mug. I have a couple of mugs in there. I, if I'm going to pull one out, I want this one. It tastes the same no matter which one you get it out of. You know what I'm just talking about? It doesn't make any difference, but it, it tastes the same. But that's my mug. That's my favorite mug. That's my second favorite mug. And if both of those are busy, I'll go after this mug. But you got some mugs in there. How many of y'all have some? You have some mugs in there that you don't want anything out of. I'd rather not have that mug. I'd rather go wash my other mug than have this one. Isn't that kind of crazy the way we do that? (laughs) The hot chocolate, the tea, the coffee is going to taste just as good in whatever mug you put it in. But I just don't like that one over there. I just know it's kind of faded. The picture was on it. It's not kind of faded now. I don't like the color of that one. It's a pink mug. I don't want a pink mug. I want this mug, this color mug over here. 
No, you got some, some things that you like. I, I like the person who's on this mug. I like the saying that's on this mug. I like the size of this mug. I think that helps me a whole lot too. I, if I'm going to get a bung, mug of something, I want a big one. Don't give me those little tiny teacups that you know you feel like you got to put your finger up in the air in order to be able to drink the thing. I don't want one like that. I want a, I want a mug. I want some size to it. Yeah, we got to... I mean, if you're going to make some hot chocolate, you're going to go to all trouble of making hot chocolate. It may as well be a, a good-sized cup of hot chocolate. When I make a cup of hot chocolate, you know those little envelopes they give you? The, the little, little suggested serving in there? Yeah, if I'm making hot chocolate, we're using three of them. Because I'm going to have a good-sized mug. There's going to have a lot of liquid in there. And one of those things is going to taste like it's watered down. Because if I'm going to go through all this trouble to make it, it's going to be, a, it's going to be sizable. I want a good-sized one. I have one that uh, I have a mug for my, my shop. I had one before. People polluted it with coffee. So I got a new one. Because my, my mug only has tea. Or, or hot, I'll let hot chocolate get in there, but <laughs> I don't like coffee. It, coffee has no effect on it at all. It's just all in my head. I understand that. And, but, you know, I'll receive it better this way. We get, we get it. So God, God sometimes, you get, you get some ministers, and you just receive it better from this one. But how many of y'all know there's going to be some people that are going to come along your path and going to speak something that's the wisdom that you need at that time? And if you are not ready to receive from any vessel that's out there, you're not going to get it, and your life is going to be hindered because you didn't get it. How many of y'all know that people who came upon Jesus' ministry and did not receive him, did not receive the things that he had, their life was hindered. There were sick people that Jesus would have liked to have done something for. There were people who had infirmities five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years. And Jesus would have liked to have set them free. But they were not able to receive. That's not wise, is it? It is a wise thing to receive what you can from whomever God sends your way. Amen. Receive from them. Receive what they have to say. Listen. Be attentive. Hear the Spirit of God. Now there are some people just because people say that they are a prophet does not mean that they are a prophet. Just because people say they're a teacher, just because they say that they're a righteous person, just because they say that they are this, that, or the other thing does not mean that they are. But your spirit will tell you. Your spirit will tell you. I was listening to, um, to a, a person teaching, and they were mentioning uh, a story I know well, but Brother Hagin was called up into heaven one time. And, and uh, God came over to him, and he said, stretch out your hands. And he stretched out his hands, and the Lord Jesus came, and he put his hand, touched his fingers onto his hands. And he says, there's a healing anointing on your hands. I have put a healing anointing on your hands. Whomever you lay hands on, this healing anointing, and he began to describe some of the things that would happen and then some of the things that would be different. But he said, in order for that to happen, you must tell them what I have done. So when he would go into the meeting, he would say, the Lord has done this. He, he put his hands, and if you'll receive, and the people who came up and received that, they got healed. But there are some people who say, I don't believe that happened. And they didn't receive it. Now, he didn't sit there wasting any time arguing with anybody. If you don't want to receive it, what do you do? You, you go away. That's it. You just go away. It's, it's not your job to make them receive you. Just like it's not the person who's trying to minister to you, their job to make you receive from them. That's your job. 
You need to make yourself receive. You need to put yourself in a position to receive. You ever been to a meeting? Maybe I don't know, pick somebody. Benny Hinn. Go to a Benny Hinn meeting. And you got your, in your mind, Benny Hinn's going to come out here and lay hands on me. And they did have a time and they brought some people up to get uh, hands laid on them. But Benny Hinn went this way and his assistant went this way and that's, that's your way. You got his assistant. And his assistant's coming on down the line the whole time you're thinking, I wanted Benny Hinn to lay hands on me. Instead, I'm getting his assistant. Who is this assistant? Where does he come from? I don't know anything about this assistant. And the whole time you're going over and the man's laying hands on people. Guess who's going to get something? The people are ready to receive. Guess who's not? Me. Because I'm saying this stuff. But God would like you to receive. But you've got to get yourself in a place to receive. You see, there are wells. Wells are drawn out of. And rivers flow. You get into the flow of the river. Get into the flow of the river. God will minister to you. Sometimes that ministry is in light. Sometimes that ministry is in wisdom and understanding. Revelation from the Word of God. Sometimes it's the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you for healing. Whatever it might be, whatever it is that you need, receive it. Let's go back to the story. The man lowered down in front of Jesus. Four friends holding him up on the top. And he comes down. What's he want, what's he want to receive? He wants to walk. What's Jesus say to him? Your sins are forgiven. The man says, that is not what I came for. <laughs> I did not come to hear this. I came to hear, rise up and walk. Instead, I hear, your sins are forgiven. He could have shut down right then. But he didn't, apparently. How do you know that? Because he still received. He was still in a receiving mode. Jesus kept, because he, he said, all right, he's still receiving. If you, if you don't think I have power on earth to say this, I'll say this in the name or rise up and, and walk and he rose up and he walked. There is wisdom that is there for you. When you got born again, you got a well on the inside of you that you can draw out of. When you have a need, you dip down into that well and you draw it out. Stop asking other people to draw out of your well to get what you need. Go out right down there and learn how to draw it out yourself. Learn how to pray in the Holy Spirit. Learn how to Get a relationship up with God. Learn how to go to his word. Let him speak to you through his word. Learn how to do that on your own. Stop asking everybody else to come along and do it for you. You need to learn it. You need to draw from your own well. Learn how to do that. Maybe you don't know how to. When you get first born again, you don't know how to do that. Other people come along and help you out. Learn how to do it. Draw from your own well. Draw, put in your outline here. Draw from the well within me. First off, get into the press. Prayer, reading, ears to hear, study and speak and say. Including prayer in the Holy Spirit. You need to pray in the Holy Spirit. It's a vital thing. Jesus said this is what's going to come. This will be coming. It's not here yet, but it's going to be come. Jesus said to his disciples, it's imperative that I go. If I go, the helper can come. If he comes, it's going to be better because he's going to be in you. All of you. He's going to be in you. And when the Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost, what did they do? They were all filled and began to speak in other tongues. That's what was different. They began to speak in other tongues. It's important. I've told you before, I have study tools that you guys would never get. Never get. Uh, because you, know, you just don't access them. Just like whatever your, whatever your profession is, you have tools that most people wouldn't get. Most people wouldn't go out there and, and do all. I have study tools that can do things with the Greek. That, oh, I so enjoy them. 
But my best study tool, and the one that I access the most, and access it every week, is praying in the Spirit. If I don't get something in Scripture, I pray in the Spirit. If I wonder where are we going to go in the next teaching, I pray in the Holy Spirit. Whatever it is that I need to know, I pray in the Holy Spirit. That is the number one, the best tool, and everyone's got it. Use it. Just because you have it doesn't mean you use it. You can have a great tool and never use it. Make sure you use it. Draw from the well that's within you. Put this there. The second thing. Become a river. You have a well. Now become a river. Rivers flow. You get into the flow. When you are in the flow, things flow from you. When you don't know what to say right now, when you're first born again, you don't know what to say, you got to draw down into that well and find out what is it that I'm supposed to say. When you learn how to flow in the Spirit, through praying in the Spirit, through pressing into God, when you learn how to do this, stuff flows from you. It's different. It is different. And I say stuff because it's whatever you need. Somebody will come up and ask you a question that you had never even asked before. And it'll be like Peter. You remember Peter? We've been going through Acts on Wednesday nights. It used to be in the Gospels when Peter opened his mouth, you didn't know what was coming out. It might be good. It might be bad. Most of the time it was bad. few times it was good. Most of the time it was not. It was bad. But when he opened his mouth in the New Testament, he came out of the upper room. (laughs) And it says, and Peter opened his mouth. And after he opened his mouth, 5,000 people came to get born again. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good, huh? I think one of the most astounding stories is when he is up in the Tanner's house, up on the roof. It's up there on the internet. I'm pretty sure it's up there on the internet. If you want to go up there and get it, you can download that one. Because there's a lot of fun stuff that happened with Peter at the Tanner's house. There's, and if you don't know why it's funny to have a Jewish person at a tender's house get the tape, you get the, there you'll find out what's, what's funny about that. You also find out why he was on the roof. There's a reason why he was on the roof in the tender's house. You may never have asked that question why, but there is a reason why he's on the roof in a tender's house. So he's up there on the roof, and then this vision comes on down. And it's a vision, you know, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. And we take from that vision that all foods are now legal, Right? Yeah, that's the stupidest meaning you can possibly come out of that chapter. I mean, if you want to talk about a low-end revelation, that's it right there. Low-end revelation. Now, look at it this way. Peter's up there on the roof. Three times this thing comes down. Rise, Peter. Kill and eat. No, nothing unclean has ever come uh, to my mouth. And uh, three times it's happened. And then afterwards, Peter is doing what? Pondering what the vision meant. If the vision meant that all things were clean, he didn't have to ponder it. That was obvious. Isn't that right? Why do you have to ponder if the meaning's obvious? Isn't it that there was something else going on? And Peter, after his time with Jesus, understood, <laughs> there's something more to this. I am not going to go with the bread thing again. I'm not going to lead with that. We're going to find out what, what, this, is, what this is about. So he, uh, he's pondering. And as he is pondering, there's a knock at the door. And so they, he goes down, you know, to find out uh, what it is. Oh, these guys, they want you to come. All right, well, stay here with us, and I'll go with you in the morning. And so he goes over to the house because he, he understood that God's telling him to go to the house. He's going to a Gentile's house. He comes into the Gentile's house, and he says, all right, I'm here. 
And the Gentile has gone out. He got all his family, all his family, all his friends. He's filled the house with all these people. Peter comes in not to a house, not to a family. He comes into a packed house. And he says, all right, I'm here. What did you want to know? And they said, yeah, we're ready to hear whatever it is that God's told you. Do you see a problem? Peter is expecting them to ask a question. Peter is expecting them to tap into something that he's already got. And the people are saying, we're ready. Let us know what God says. And so the word of God says, and Peter opened his mouth. (laughs) And you know what came out? Oh, it was a wonderful sermon. Oh, was it a wonderful sermon. Boy, we're not going to get into all that. We already taught it once. We can go back up there and get it yourself if you want to. Wonderful stuff flowed out of his mouth. That's getting into the flow. You don't know what to say. Peter, I think it's amazing. Peter got there. He didn't know what to say. They didn't know what to ask. God didn't tell him what to say. He just said, go with them. So he went. And he found out, these people don't know what to ask me. I don't know what to say. So he opened his mouth. (laughs) What happened? Holy Spirit filled it. Why? Because he got into the flow. You get into the flow, folks, you're going to say some things with your mouth. And you won't be nervous about it. I've told you that happened to me so many times. The first times over that when I was teaching. And out of my mouth would come a question. What do you think about this? And I don't know the answer to it. And I'm thinking that the whole time. Sometimes we got done a, 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 a whatever it was we were into. And out of my mouth would come next week we're going to look at this. And I don't know what that is. I, and for a while, you know, it can make you a little bit nervous. I learned how not to be nervous. I said, no, if God gave me that to ask, if God gave me that to say, then I know by next week I'm going to know what it is. I'm going to know what it is. It could be Saturday night and I still don't know what it is. That's all right. I don't need it till tomorrow. <laughs> you get into the flow. Get into the flow. You will say things with your mouth because it's uttered by the Spirit. But you don't start that up until you get in praying in the Holy Spirit. Get to praying in the Holy Spirit. Become a river. Become a river. Rivers flow. Others can come and receive from your river. When you become a river, you become a minister to other people. And many people can come and be ministered to. When you're a well, you can minister to one, two, few at a time. But when you become a river and stuff is flowing out of you, many people can come and receive. Put in here to also receive from the rivers. There's all the kinds of rivers that are around you. Men and women in ministry, gifts of God that God has put in here. You need to receive from those rivers. There's things that they have. God has placed gifts in the church. How you receive them determines your reward. How you receive those gifts determines your reward. Don't receive everyone who says they are a gift. The Word of God says, how many times does Jesus say, be careful that you are not deceived? You need to be careful that you're not deceived. There are people out there who will say, I'm a gift. And God says, they're nothing for me. I don't know. Jesus even said himself. People would come to him in that day and say, Lord, we cast demons in your name. And he says, I never knew you. I never knew you. If God doesn't know them, you shouldn't receive from them. He who receives a prophet, they need to be a prophet. In the name of a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. The Spirit of God will bear witness. You may not know them, but the Spirit of God will bear witness. This person is all right. It doesn't mean that they're perfect. 
But it means God says, I've, I've called them. They're all right. Receive from them. And then you receive what it is that God has to say. You receive from them. You should be doing lots of receiving. Get in the, get in the flow. Get in the flow yourself. If you, you should be baptized in the Spirit. All the people we've had come out all the time, so we've had that going on. You should be baptized in the Spirit. Sometimes we get baptized in the Spirit, we just kind of let it go off the side. Well, I don't know. I just, I'm not praying in the Spirit as much as I, I know how to pray in the Spirit. I'm not really praying in the Spirit all that much. Pray in the Spirit. You need to do it. Well, I thought that was for the New Testament. Never said it was going to stop. Paul said, I thank my God I pray in tongues more than you all. Who is the most enlightened person in the New Testament? Outside of Jesus? Paul. If you want to become like Paul, do what Paul did. Get in that flow. You want to tap into that wisdom? Draw from the well that's on the inside of you. Get in the flow. Become a river. Let that anointing take over and become like Peter. The Peter of the Gospels is so different from the Peter of Acts. Oh, is it different? Because one is in the flow. Can you get in the flow? Whatever it is it has that's going on around you, get in the flow. You get in the flow, you lay hands on people, what happens to them? They get healed if they will receive. You teach them what the Word of God says, they'll get set free. Light will come to those that are in darkness if they will receive. If they don't receive for whatever reason, they don't, they don't get the reward. They don't get it. It'll be like the people that Jesus came to and they shut it down. We only looked at Jesus in that. How many can think of right now people in the Old Testament that pe- they came to folks and they shut them down and they didn't receive? Jonah came to the city of Nineveh. Did they receive Jonah? They sure did, didn't they? They all repented. Jonah was upset. (laughs) He didn't want them to receive the reward. They got it because they received them. But there's people also who they didn't receive. Where will you be? Will you be among those who receive? Will you be on those who are in the flow? Are you content with being a well? Or do you want to become a river? Do you just want to draw off of the well when you have a need? Or do you want to become a river that can minister to other people? That God can use? That He can flow from the source into you and that people can come and receive it? It's up to us what we become. Not as far as profit and calling and stuff like that, but whether you become just a well or if you become a river. Because didn't He tell that woman at the well, at the well you can receive living water? Didn't he tell her that? He said, if you would have known who it was who was asking you for a drink, you would have asked of him. And I would have given you living water. And just a few chapters before, we learned about rivers of living water. They can flow out of you. You don't just have to get enough wisdom to take care of your needs. You can have enough wisdom and enough things out of your mouth can, can be spoken that people all around you can be ministered to. Would you all stand up with me? Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We are ready to become more than just wells. We are ready to become rivers. We want to get into the flow of the Holy Spirit. We want to do the things that are necessary. That we become more than a well. Father, I thank you for the help that you give us on that.
with every head bowed, if you are here today, and if you say, I want to, I've, I know I'm a well, I know I'm born again, but I want to become a river. I want to get into the flow. I want to become a river. Raise up your hand. Raise up your hand right now. Let's hold that, hold that hand up. I want to become a river. I want to become one that other people can draw off of. Father God, you see the hands that are up here right now. This week, begin to speak things to them. Begin to say things to them to help them to understand this is where you need to go. This is what you need to do. But Father, you know what it is that our life needs the most. And you can help us to focus on that. Father, we thank you for it. I thank you for the, for the good things that you are doing for us right now. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Father, your joy will flow out from us. Father, your spirit will flow out from us. Wisdom will flow out from us. Father, we stir that spirit up on the inside of us, praying in the Holy Spirit, as the Word of God tells us in Jude. It tells us in Jude, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray in the Holy Spirit. We spend time praying in the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, that down on the inside of us is a well. But you want that to become inside of us a river flowing. Father, we are not just wells that we draw from. But, Father, we are rivers who flow. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. These folks that have raised their hand. Oh, Father God, I thank you. I thank you right now for what you're doing with them. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you raised your hand up and you want hands laid on, you want to come up here to the front, we're just going to lay hands on you. Just, uh, just come on up here to the front. If you don't, if you raise your hand, you don't want to come up here to the front. You don't have to come up here to the front. Nobody but me knows you even raised your hand. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is to get into the flow. To get into that flow. Hallelujah. Become that river. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anyone else? Come on. Now we're going to put you to the test here. (laughs) We're going to put you to the test here. Because you need to receive what God wants to give, not receive what a vessel has. You've got to look, look past that and get, get into that. So we're going to take advantage of a, of a situation that's here. But come on up. I want you to lay hands on these folks and pray over them. Yeah, you came up expecting one thing, you're going to give you something else. <laughs> Glory to God. You lay hands on people. They minister to folks. Go ahead, pray, lay hands on them right now. And you just minister to them. As God would direct you. Glory to God. Glory. Thank you. There's much about being in the flow of God. When you just draw from the well, your feet are on solid ground. And there's a supernatural aspect to it, but you're still on solid ground. When you get into the flow of the Spirit, you're not on solid ground anymore. This doesn't feel like that. You're in a flow. And it can be scary for a little bit. But boy, once you get hold of it, once you get hold of that flow, nothing else will satisfy you. It's like those surfers out there in the surfboard. Why do they ride a wave that can crush them? Because there's something about being in that flow that's not satisfying on any other place. So every chance they can, they get out on that board they go out there to catch a wave. When you get addicted to the life and the spirit, nothing else will do. 
Nothing else will do. Get into the flow. There's more wisdom to be found there in the flow than anything else there is. As you go out this week, bless some people with the words of your mouth. Bless some people with the things that you have to give. Because God wants to take you from just being a well to being a river. And get in the flow. We have some praise reports? <laughs> if you didn't turn your praise reports in, you can still do so. Yeah, the other, be careful and watchful that you don't step over into the familiar. You know, it's real easy to come in on a Sunday morning and say, oh, it's just Pastor Steve teaching and sit in a chair and fall asleep on him and totally miss what the Holy Ghost has for you that day. You know, God, I learned that lesson. I'm sitting here. Thank you for that message today, Pastor, because I'm sitting here listening and I'm reminding myself even of two separate instances, one where I didn't draw off the well that was in me. I went all the way out to a prayer conference in in, uh, Virginia and um, I was expecting this woman to lay hands on me. I was about to take it. It was back when we were about to go to the Philippines in 2003. And I knew this woman. She prays, um, strong woman of prayer, flows in the prophetic. And, and I'm just waiting, waiting for a word from her. And she came up to me. She's looked right in my eyes. She goes, stand there. And she went and started ministering to everybody else. And I'm thinking, okay, well, come on, what? And it took about 45 minutes. I'm just standing there. I'm waiting. The place is clearing out. And she came back over to me. And she said, I'm not going to pray for you. I said, I drove all this way. What do you mean you're not going to pray for me? She says, you already have it inside you. You need to just pray it out. She said, I'm going to stand here and you pray it out. And that was that well that I was not drawing from. It's so easy to go to somebody else and ask them to meet your need. But God's already given us, if you're born again, like we said today, the Holy Spirit is in there. We need to tap into him. And listen, because he's the one who so desperately wants to reveal the heart of God to you. Um, And then the second time was when I went to a a seminar. There was another prophet of God, and I love this man. I mean, he was so accurate. He was so humble. And I just, I had this whole laundry list of things that I had questions I needed answered. And I went with the determination, Lord, I'm not leaving till you answer me. And when the time came and he gave the altar call, I was the first one right here. Me, I'm here. Come pray for me. He came down off the steps and went that way. And I said, that's okay. I'm just going to stay here and worship with the music until he comes back. And I waited and I waited and I waited. And when he he finally started to speak to me, everything, check, 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 right down that list, everything was answered according to what I needed. He laid hands on me and I went out and, you know, I opened my eyes and I was (laughs) totally amazed Because standing in front of me was not that prophet. Standing in front of me was the guitarist from the worship team that I said was a fruity flake. I couldn't stand the guy. I said, this man is just flaky. He's just way out there, off the mark. And as soon as I opened my eyes, I heard the the Lord tell me, I use whom I choose. And, you know, I went away from there that day, not even remembering what was on my laundry list. (laughs) But I remembered God puts gifts in people, and we are to respect the gift that's in that person no matter who it is. And, you know, yeah, that, like Pastor said, we got to be careful. There are people who are going to say they're a prophet, they're a teacher, they're this, they're that. But go back to the Word. Look at the Word. What's it saying in the Word? And then listen to the Holy Ghost in you because he'll tell you whether or not they are. 
You know, so those are just two examples of in my life of where I've learned that lesson. There is a well inside you. We need to draw off of it. And I, I you know, I just want to encourage. There's several people here. Chelsea, you're one that was spoken to again this morning. There are prophetic songs in several of you here, and we are needing them to come out. And the only way that's going to come is when you spend that time with the Holy Spirit. Listen to them. And then bring them out. There's several here that we've been, you've been told that already. And I think, you know, it's time you listen. <laughs> Amen. Well, these, I, I don't have everybody's praise reports. I only have two. And they're from the same family, so I guess they're God's favorite this week. Now, Bruce said um, that he was listening to the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> who allowed him to avoid a possible head-on collision with a vehicle that was traveling in the opposite direction on a one-way street <laughs> that I normally travel every night to work. Now, how many of you know God does that all the time if we listen? He'll tell you to go a different direction and save your life. Um, and then he said, finally, they resolved the warranty issue with Best Buy for their home theater system. Um, and... They decided to exchange the old with the new and better system for free. And they just ate the cost of the system for them. So praise God. You know, God will always stand up for us and give us bigger and better.